0: Less stress,
1: more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor Deep Dive. Good morning, Martin. How Can are we you?
0: say what day this is?
1: Um, It's going to release a, a lot, well, I a lot know. later, but it is the last day of 2020. This is the
0: end of the COVID year. So. Well,
1: we don't know what 2021 the, is going to yes, be. Yes, we do. It's, <laughs> it's over with. It's, it's going to be with. over with. Okay. Excellent. Well, um, we talk about less stress, more time and more money, and I think this is probably one of the biggest areas that we're going to be talking about today that can stress really play people. a big role yeah. in eliminating in eliminating stress and giving people more money, uh, leading to more time. So um, I feel lucky to be looking at you right now as we talk about this. Well, thank you. Because I have some things to sh- say, but I'm really talking to the guy who wrote the book on this. <laughs> No pun intended. Yeah. Um, and that's a plug for The Profit Problem. It's in the show notes. It's a great book that Martin has written and spent a lot of time on. And uh, if you enjoy this episode or this series of episodes that we're about to get into, definitely go and check out the book because it will really lay it out in a really clear way for you. So um, we're giving an overview of financial statements. And we're trying to do it without numbers or math. Right. And this is literally one of the chapters in your book, right?
0: Right. Well, it's a section in the book financials explained without using numbers or math. Yeah,
1: I think that's an important aspect of this because so many business owners, whether you're a contractor or any kind of business, the numbers usually just overwhelm you because you didn't get into your business to do numbers and math and to look at financial statements. You did it because you were great at building uh, pools or because you loved remodeling houses or whatever it is. And now overnight you have to become a business person who has to know the score who has to look at the numbers so why and,
0: and if that if that does describe you listening um, you should not feel bad about that because I have rarely if ever encountered any business small business that's good at their numbers and good at their books right um, they do exist but I just haven't ever met them
1: yeah well what are financial statements for the layman I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna be doing during this episode is playing the person who knows nothing so what is a financial statement what are financial statements
0: well in general terms they're your scorecard they show you what you've done They help there they're paying attention to detail so you know what your uh, financial transactions look like financial transaction meaning one that involves money uh, you paying somebody or somebody paying you you buying something you selling something and uh, there are uh, three financial statements they are the profit and loss statement the balance sheet and the statement of cash flows. I've never met a business owner who didn't intuitively understand the need for a profit and loss statement. That's where yeah. you compare the money that you took in versus the expense and see if you made any made a profit, Is right. the sales more than expense or the other way around. Uh, often don't do them properly, but even and even maybe they're on the back of the napkin. Or maybe they're an Excel spreadsheet, or, or maybe just they're just bank statements, statements, right? Right, or just bank statements exactly, uh, and those things are an effort. that show everybody understands the need to know whether you sold more, uh, whether you had higher sales than tax, than expenses or not. Sh- but it's not quite that easy, <laughs> not that easy to do it right. Uh, the, so that's a profit loss a balance sheet answer. Um, is a list at its simplest of the things that you own, the things that you owe, and the difference between the two, which is what's left over for you. And then most people have heard of a balance sheet. Uh, Very few people that I work with really understand what it is or why it matters or what affects it, Mm -hmm. Um, but they've at least heard of it. The third financial statement, so you got profit loss balance sheet, and the third one is the statement of cash flows. And I don't really remember ever meeting a small business owner who had even heard of a statement of cash flows, yeah. let alone know how to use it or why it matters. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's a really, really important per, yeah. um, financial statement. So those are the three. Profit loss, balance sheet, and the statement of cash flows.
1: Excellent. And so I think the next question is for most business owners, okay, these are three financial statements. Why do they matter? What, what do I need to do with these financial statements? Because I'm going to download them from my QuickBooks, uh, pull them up and run a report. Now what? <laughs> right. Well, that, that really is the
0: essential question. And yeah. once people realize how valuable and useful they are, um, it becomes a lot easier to, to keep books and you get interested in them. When they're yeah. just something that you have to throw together in order to pay taxes for last year, which is a valid use of books, they're not very interesting, they're just a pain.
1: Yeah, because you always have a negative connotation associated right. with tax season you don't want to pay taxes, so you're avoiding, you're procrastinating, putting off your financials for the tax season because you don't want to pay it. But And and that's
0: it's intrusive, you know, somebody yep. coming in to take money out of your business, hopefully if you made a profit, that's what they're doing. But the financial statements are much more than that. In general terms, financial statements keep the score. Mm. And people, whether they think of it in those terms or not, behave differently when you keep a score. Okay? Yeah. So they're showing you how you did. Am I succeeding? Am I failing? So that's that's one of their main uses, but that's historic. They do answer those five questions when answering the score of am I making money? What do I own? What do I owe? What's left over for me? And where did my cash go? Those are five things every business owner intuitively wants to know. Yeah. And the financial statements, at a minimum, answer those five questions.
1: Yeah. I think the, the big thing that I see for the financial statements and the difference, I'm going to go back to the analogy of the score. I I coach soccer and I can only imagine what a game would be like without the scoreboard and people would be unaware of what they need to do. Right. And when they know the score, psychologically, it's completely different. Like, I can't tell you the difference, how big of a difference it makes whenever we are up one goal versus up six goals or whenever we're down a goal or down two goals. But if you didn't know,
0: what it, would you be doing? Oh, it
1: would it would seem like there were no purpose.
0: Well, I always use the metaphor. Russell Westbrook used to play for the Thunder here, and I just remember the last two minutes of close game, he's running down the court, and he's always looking up at the screen. I mean, yeah. at the at the score. They the want the to know what wants, do I yeah, have to yeah. do. I want to know the clock. I want to know the fouls. You yep. know, free throws, if we're going to foul out. So they're always paying attention to the score. If you don't, if there are no rules, there no. It's like tennis without a net, uh, right? Except there are consequences because if you don't know the score in business, and it's going against you and you don't know it, you're going to go out of business. Yep. Because somebody else is keeping score and they know how much you owe them and they're going to come get it. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> and so if if Russell Westbrook, for example, knows the score, he's going to know. Oh wow, you know, Anthony Davis has five fouls. If I can give him one more, right. he's out of the game that lets him make a decision to go and drive at Anthony Davis in the paint. Same thing, if you know the score, you're gonna make better decisions in your business. Things like break even, uh, what your profit margin is, how you're gonna bid, hiring. What are some other examples? Yeah, you're
0: getting into uh, the the real key point of what we're talking about. We said financials answer those five questions. Am I making money? What do I own? What do I owe? What's left over for me and where did my cash go? Those are all historic things. In other words, what is the score now? Have I made money? What do I own right now? There is a sixth question that is more important to business management than those five questions about the past. You need the past because you have to pay your taxes and your bank wants to see it and so on. But as a business owner, business manager, you want to know about the future. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What should I do? And you can use information from the past and information that's in your financial statements to make better decisions about the future uh, we've talked about it uh, and I think you just said it but break-even, uh, pretty benign sounding concept but it turns out it's really really important how much do I have to sell every month or every year to exactly pay all of my expenses that would be breakeven that's the point at which you're not losing money nor are you making money well wh- why does that matter well, it turns out that that's a really important number because before you make break even, you're making none of your gross profit. After breakeven, you're making all of your gross profit. You have to know what that day is, you have to know what that that amount is. A lot of people, when I ask them what their breakeven is, in other words, how much do you have to sell to exactly pay all your expenses, they'll tell me the total of their expenses. So if they have a million dollars worth of expenses, they say, well, I gotta sell a million dollars. No, that's not true. That's not true. And we can go into why that is. It's getting a little bit in-depth.
1: You're starting to use numbers, Martin.
0: No. I, I, <laughs> six. There's a number. I'm sorry. I, I let everybody down the path and I use the number. No, It, it, it becomes real important to understand how sales uh, pay the expenses yeah. and and how to make decisions about the future. Um, things we talked about, how, how do you bid properly. A lot of people bid jobs to get to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't really understand how much they have to sell, not only to get to work, but to make a profit. And sometimes those are different numbers. Oh, not, not sometimes, a lot of times, those are different numbers. Um, should I hire people? Uh, if I get a certain job, how much cash do I need mm-hmm. uh, to finance that job? Somebody who's maybe done a million dollar contracts, the biggest one they've ever done, they're pretty excited to go out and get a $10 million contract. Yeah. Then they find out that they don't have near the cash that's required to handle the receivables and, and the uh, material and pay the labor on a $10 million contract. And they find it out the hard way. Yeah. They could use books. They could use forecasting. They could use understanding to know in advance that they don't have the cash to do that. Mm-hmm. And they can do one of two things, not accept that job or go find a way to get the cash yeah. in advance of a crisis.
1: And I think the reality of financial statements is the opposite of looking at your financial statements is not necessarily not making these decisions about how to bid a project properly or hiring a new employee or investing in equipment. You're usually not doing nothing if you're not looking at the financial statements. You're just making a decision based on your gut. Right. And right. I,
0: I'll give you a good example of a, of a man who called me six or seven years ago. And he had started his business in July uh, with $30,000. He called me in February and he was selling $100,000 a month. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, <laughs> going from zero to 100000 in yeah. seven months is a good thing. Except this time it wasn't. He was calling me because he's on the verge of collapse. Uh, he had uh, accounts receivable uh, that were taking 60 to 90 days to collect. Uh, he sold two contractors rather than being a contractor. Contractors sometimes at 60, 90 a year before you get paid. Well he had vendors who were demanding his money. He had no cash. He had a nice profit. He had good margins. He had a lot of cash receiving, but he had no cash. And he subsequently wound up going out of business. But it was all because he had not planned properly to have enough cash. If he had known how to plan, he would have known that he was going to collapse. Yeah. Or he could have done something different, and he would have protested that what he had to do, like stricter terms, limited inventory, that that would be hard to do. Yeah. But when you're confronted with the certainty of going out of business or seeing if something hard to do will work, you you have a choice at a time before you've failed, mm-hmm. and he's just a good example of something somebody who took off and did a great job of selling and getting his business all ramped up, and he's no longer in business.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a difficult thing to do when you're starting out. I think that's probably the hardest aspect of this is most businesses that are starting, they're not looking at these financial statements no. unless they had a business background. But if they, are, they were an employee and then they became self-employed overnight, they're not thinking about these things. When do you usually see people start to take this into consideration?
0: Uh, when they're about to die. <laughs> no, you're you're exactly right. I think the majority of people go into business good at the in our four areas. Guide, get, do, and administer. They're they're good in the doing, whatever it is you do, whatever type of contractor you are or retailer mm-hmm. you are. You're good at that. That's why you got into that business. Most people are aware of the need to market and sell. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're good at it, but they they know they have to get customers. So those two areas they look at, they're they're oblivious yeah. to this now. I do say people have heard about books, they understand it, mostly because of taxes. They understand that there is such a thing, mm-hmm. but no clue how to, how to keep good books, uh, read a financial statement, or the importance of having those things. Yeah. That usually it's some kind of pressure, either from a bank or a willingness to try to figure out why am I not making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of pressure causes them to decide, yeah. hey, I need to do this.
1: I think it's interesting because you know you're a business coach. I've helped you market your your coaching practice for almost four years now mm-hmm. and I've gotten to see a lot of new customers come in uh new clients and I think I would say ninety percent of the time from my perspective, most of the new clients the first thing that you focus on after a vision for their company is their bookkeeping and their uh, books I had a uh
0: Uh, manufacturing company some years ago and we had uh, we did a lot of high-power hydraulics 600 horsepower 6,000 psi hydraulics and we were having some strange things and a lot of failures Mm -hmm. and I had a great hydraulic salesman uh, out of Dallas from Womack machine which is pretty famous, sold Rex Roth and I kept calling him up and I said we had another failure and I think it was this and I was thinking it was that and finally one time he's a salesman I'm the customer right but he said damn it Martin You haven't given me a single fact. Do not call me back and bother me until you have some facts. And, oh, by the way, here's a $5,000 measuring device that will get you those facts. And I bought it. So my point is I was estimating, guessing, theorizing, summarizing, and the guy finally said, you haven't got a damn fact. Get me some facts. The equivalent of that in in general business is financial statements. You have to have some facts. I bid my jobs with 50% margin. Well, I'll look at your financial statements and see what what was really there, a 30% margin. What What are the facts? How much cash do I need? And hmm. as close, I mean, there's always a little bit of voodoo in books uh, just because of the nature of the beast, but they're as close to facts as we can possibly get in business and and we have to have them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's so good. So we've talked a little bit about uh, what financial statements are and why they matter. Now. I want to ask, because I know a lot of business owners are thinking this, other than going into QuickBooks, if they have QuickBooks or other bookkeeping software and running a report, how do I actually get financial statements and accurate financial statements? (laughs) There are
0: principles. Um, First you have to have a qualified bookkeeper and accountant. Okay. Uh, and you have to know how to recognize good books. And one of the ways people start to recognize the need for good books—this is something really common—is people look at their profit and loss statement, particularly contractors. Yeah. And one month they're up a hundred thousand dollars for the year. Then they look at next month. They look at the profit and loss statement, and they're down a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, they're at minus a hundred. Yeah. So they went from plus a hundred to minus a hundred. And everything in between. And eventually they start getting frustrated and they say, I don't know what this stuff is. I don't know if I'm making money. I don't know if I'm not making money. I'm just going to look at my bank balance and see if I have any. And so they kind of start going crazy. Well, in order to get good financial statements, you have to take care of that kind of problem. And that means you have to have good books. Mm-hmm. and or proper books, what I call proper books. And proper books are books that are in, make, made entries into every day. Somebody enters transactions when they happen, not six months later or not mm-hmm. out of the bank balance. You know, just the, there's a routine process yeah. for entering transactions on a daily basis, maybe a week if you're a real small company, but a routine basis. Uh, second thing is the books need to be on what's the called the accrual basis, which I've done a short on, but we'll talk about here. And then, in particular, in uh, Contracting books need to pay proper attention to a concept called matching. Mm-hmm. So proper books are accrual-based daily entry uh, with attention paid to matching principles. And if the listeners don't know what all those things are, <laughs> that's okay.
1: That's okay.
0: That's okay because that's not your job.
1: Well, let's let's so You talk need about, to be
0: aware of them.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the accrual um, yeah. basis first. So, cash versus accrual. What is okay. cash accounting?
0: Ca- cash accounting. Is accounting you make entries into your bookkeeping records only those things that have settled in other words you enter something after you've paid somebody or after somebody's paid you it does not include uh, transactions such as your contractor and you bill somebody a hundred thousand dollars at the end of the month well they haven't paid you yet that's not in your books mm mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it's it's that's basically I would Think how most really self-employed small businesses huh. kind of run is is the money in the account or is it not right is it in my wallet or is it not that's the cash and the that cash that's
0: basis. cash basis yeah. do I have I received the money or have I paid the money yep that's cash basis and I think people can understand that that ignores a large part of your business yeah and the part that what I just said if you bill somebody a hundred thousand dollars on the 20th of the month and they haven't paid you that doesn't exist The other side of that is if you've bought $100,000 worth of parts or supplies from the concrete company and you haven't paid them yet, that doesn't exist either. (laughs) So you start taking a lot of those different transactions from different jobs. Some have been paid. Maybe you've paid the expenses, but you haven't uh, accounted for the sale because you didn't record it. Or you accounted for the sale, but you haven't paid the expenses. You can see why what I referred to earlier, people say, "My, I made a hundred thousand dollars this year." The next month, they've lost a hundred. Well, it's just some combination of, well, this this time I recorded the income but not the expense, and this time I recorded the expense but right. not the income, and all kinds of jobs at all kinds of stages. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And drive it would drive you crazy, and you you would quickly lose all uh, interest in bookkeeping because or financial reports because they're just crazy. They're all yeah. over the place. They're meaningless frustrating just throw them over your shoulder and go back to looking at your bank balance
1: the way I like to think of it is the cash basis is a picture of today it's it's just a snapshot of what you're in right now Uh, accrual basis is actually going to give you a the full picture Um, so what is accrual basis how does it work
0: well accrual basis is just opposite you uh, record every transaction when it happens whether or not it's been paid and there are procedures that uh, business owners really don't need to know the exact procedures but bookkeepers do, where you invoice customers and that gets counted as income. Uh, you buy something from somebody either on a credit card or on account. That gets included in expenses when it happens, Yep. which brings us to that matching principle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what accrual basis does for you. If you have a $100,000 invoice for a job you did this month and $100,000 worth of expenses that you incurred against that job, they need to show up in the same month. Yep. And if I show the income this month and then I show the expense next month, this month I look really good, next month I look really bad. Right. And that's not the case. When you put the two together, you can see what your real margin was. And it, it's it's a process. Matching in particular is really hard to do. It's a little bit subtle. And most business owners, most contractors aren't going to do it. Right. But if you understand that you have to match income with the expense in the same period, Mm -hmm. you can find an accountant and or bookkeeper to do that for you. And that's, so you get accurate reports.
1: Yeah, basically just tying everything to what it actually is. And not just looking at the cash basis, but the full picture of when was this an expense incurred? When did the money come in? Tying the two together, that's matching. in a nutshell. I think it's a lot easier when you do look at the numbers and math to see the matching principle. Um, as far as, we haven't really talked about this, and this is actually on my end, daily entries categorizing transactions, do you consider those the same thing? Uh, well, daily entries absolutely have to be categorized. categorized. Yeah, That's one aspect we haven't really talked about. So why does it matter to have things categorized in your books?
0: Well, you need information. Uh, you could just have one, you could have two accounts. Yeah. One is income. (laughs) So all the money that comes in goes into income, and then you can have one called expense. Mm -hmm. And everything that you payroll, insurance, phone bill, rent, uh, utilities, materials, uh, subcontracted labor just all goes into expense. So you subtract the two and you say, oh, I made money. (laughs) Well, there's not very much information Information. contained in that. And there are some real important distinctions, which we'll go into when we talk about the profit and loss statement of expenses that go up and down with sales, like mm-hmm. material and contract labor, and expenses that don't go up and down with sales, which we call fixed expenses or overhead. So your office help, your rent, your insurance, those things are pretty much the same every month, whether you sell anything or not. Yeah. The contract labor and the materials and parts go up and down with sales. So if yeah. you have double your sales, you double mm-hmm. those if you have your sales or don't have any sales at all, then those go away. And there's a big, we'll talk about it when we do the profit and loss, but there's big information, useful information in keeping those separate. Yeah. So yeah. And you do want to know how much you spend on labor versus how much is your fuel Absolutely. bill? If you don't have that kind of information, you can't say, Oh, my labor's too high yeah. or why is my labor too high? Mm-hmm. And one of the big things about books, just specific examples with contractors, When we go in and try to improve what we call our margins that we'll talk about, um, one of the first things we always do is we separate out parts and labor as a percent of sales. We say, well, our labor seems a little high. What can we do about that? Yeah. When I meet with contractors, I don't necessarily always know what to do about that, but they do. Mm -hmm. It's always the guys are in the coffee shop. The guys take too many trips to the parts house and you start to measure that. You can start to improve it and you Mm -hmm. can start to make more money. If you don't have that information, all you're doing is you're just going to get mad because you saw the guys at the parts house again. Mm -hmm. We don't have any data. You don't have any way to track it. You don't have a score that that they can see that you're tracking.
1: You don't have any facts. Yeah, Yeah. I think of it like statistics, going back to our sports analogy with Russell Westbrook and looking at the shot clock and looking at the score. I think in the same way in sports, there's been this huge shift in the past couple decades where you see uh, movies like Moneyball, right. right? Uh, where the stats are just so detailed, where they're not looking at a player's talent, they're looking at how many times does he get on base. What are the actual results? Yeah, how many times does he get on base? How many times does he? How many balls does he get pitched? You know, all these different statistics, and be, by looking at those statistics, they're able to build the perfect team that they think can go and win the World Series. You know, in basketball, you've seen this transition where they don't really have big men anymore. It used to have Shaquille O'Neal and Hakeem Olajuwon, and you know these centers. Uh, now they're looking for shooters because if you can get a three-point play that's way better than getting two points and if you can get a lot of, you know I think there was a record set 29 threes in the NBA by the Bucks just the other night. Was that like
0: night before last? Yeah. Yeah I saw that. And they like they
1: won by like 60 points or something like that and so now because they were able to look at the facts and look at the statistics they were able to change their entire strategy and the same thing happens in business if you're not categorizing really well you don't look at where the statistics are in your business, not just income and expense. You're not able to make better decisions around your business and your growth strategy and how you operate. So I think it's a really good um, thing to, to categorize. And without that,
0: that information continuing the MBA thing, if you're a coach and you lose a game, you go, damn it, do better, <laughs> and then I'll see you next week. No. I mean, if it's three free throws or three three pointers or whatever it is, you can work on a drill and you can measure and see how they're doing and yep. if they're getting better. But you're not managing when you say, damn it. Do better. Do better. Yeah.
1: That's, try harder. Yeah,
0: try harder. Oh, man. Measure
1: harder. Yeah. Okay, so we, we understand what good books are. We know why they matter. I want to dive into more of the subtleties and talk about the accounts that are inside of books because I think this is a big area of confusion I know whenever I took uh, principles of accounting in college these were always the hardest thing for me but just understanding what the accounts are and there's five accounts that we're going to define right. um, let's talk about the first one which is assets
0: yeah.
1: what are assets?
0: Well first thing as you said as a business owner you don't absolutely have to know these things but it's still good background and we're mm-hmm. just going to use the words. So an asset is something your company owns. Uh, it can be tangible or intangible. Intangible assets are things like cash in the bank. You have credits in the bank that you can go spend. Yeah. Accounts receivable. You have the right to collect money from people. So those are intangible things that you own. Tangible things that you own are equipment, inventory, real estate, um, physical things that you can touch. But an asset is something
1: that you own. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, liabilities.
0: Okay. A liability is something that you owe uh, or something the company owes to outsiders. Okay. An outsider being your vendors, credit card companies, your bank uh, for a loan on a vehicle or real estate or an operating loan. But an outsider, somebody that's not an owner of the company. Or so, an
1: employee. Or an employee. Because yeah. that would be an expense, right?
0: It's an expense, but if you haven't paid the employee, you owe them. If you've already paid them, they're not sure. a liability. Sure. It's money that's due at the time that, you, that you're that you looking at the records. Gotcha. Might be the IRS. Matter of fact, every everybody has payroll, and you have these payroll deposits taken out. Well, until that government comes and gets them, they're a liability. Yeah. There's something you owe.
1: Okay. So, you've got assets, liabilities. Let's talk about equity.
0: Equity, it's a little bit of a subtlety, but the company owes the business, not you, your business, owes all of its assets, all of its, everything it owns, to somebody. To the owner. If they owe it to somebody outside the business, it's a liability. If the company owes it to somebody, one of the owners, it's called equity. Okay. Mm -hmm. And equity is what's left over after you pay all your liabilities. So you have X amount of assets, you pay your
1: liabilities, what's left over is equity. So assets minus liabilities, liabilities. equals equity, right. Right. gotcha. Okay, and then I think people understand these, but income.
0: Okay, income is sales. And most people are pretty clear about that. When I look at uh, financial statements for the first time for people, people understand that income is money that comes in through, through sales. It's also called revenue right. turnover in England, everywhere else in the world, income's called turnover but it's it's sales not much confusion about that but it doesn't include money that you put into the bank that you borrowed from your bank right mm-hmm. it doesn't include money that you put into your company it's only sales uh, it's money that you bring in from selling whatever product or service that you mm-hmm. sell
1: okay and then last one expenses
0: Okay, expenses pretty, pretty well understood but I see a lot of I see mess-ups a lot of times. Yeah. an expense is money that you spend in a current period to generate sales. Okay, um, there's some subtleties around that I won't go into right now. But when I look at people's financial statements, I start getting we, we get a little goofy and uh, need a good bookkeeper or accountant to go through. Expenses do not include your truck payment. Okay, that's not. That's, an a, expense. that's a liability,
1: right? Well, it's a payment
0: against a liability. Right. Part of it, the interest is an expense, mm-hmm. but the principle that you're paying back is reducing a liability. So these are things you don't have to literally know, but somebody does. Yeah. Otherwise, you're way messed up. Uh, expenses don't include uh, credit cards. Okay. The charge that you made with a credit card could be an expense. But later on, when you pay the credit card off, that's not an expense. Right because okay. then, then you'd have two expenses you'd have two books. expenses you expense it when you bought it and then you expense it when you pay the credit card so we don't need to labor, be labor at this point but somebody needs to know and get that stuff right because if you don't your expenses can be way overstated or way understated your mm-hmm. income can be way off and then you don't have accurate information
1: Yeah, I think this is a good point to reference our one of our past episodes with Lori Yearwood um, what was the name of that, Ethan? Working with a CPA. Working yeah. with a CPA. Yeah. Working with a CPA. Really good. And I think it's really important to understand that you don't want to get your financial statements from a, your tax accountant, but you want to have more of a cost accountant, uh, someone who's going to be able to do financial planning for your business almost, do bookkeeping with you. Um, and it's important to understand the definitions of these accounts, not because you're gonna go in necessarily and run your books as, your, as the business owner. But so that when you meet with your bookkeeper or with your CPA, cost accountant, you're gonna be able to have good conversations and understand what they're right. talking about and make sure everything's done
0: right. Your, your most important role as a business owner is to recognize good books. Don't have to keep them, but you have to recognize them and then be able to use the information. And how to use the information will be a topic of our three upcoming episodes on the Profit Loss, Balance Sheet, and Statement of Cash Flow. Yeah. But what we've done today is just describe what they are, uh, hopefully explain a little bit of why they're important, mm-hmm. and then allow you, enable you to recognize good books and insist on them in your business. Once you get that, then you start finding out how the information can help you make decisions.
1: Right. Um, I think it's also important to, to recognize as a business owner that you're probably not gonna figure this out overnight i think we mentioned the episode with lori if you haven't been keeping good books it's going to be a process it's probably going to take months to get them in order a lot of history uh, that you have to dig through to be able to get them Uh, but you can start today and you're not going to be able to see crazy statistics just like if hey i just entered the nba my stats are going to be zero but if i play for four years now i have something to actually look at that i can improve Same thing in your business. Start doing it now. The right time to start is always yesterday, but start now, right? And then you're gonna be able to have better decisions in the future. Um, And it is a long game. It's not something that you're gonna be able to do. Yeah,
0: just just a general overview. I think everybody at at a visceral level understands the need to keep track of their financial transactions. You just do. Don't know why that is. Don't have to explain it. But you just do. When you have good books and you can trust your financial statements and you understand the the rudiments, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a calm, even if what they told you was you're in trouble. At least you really know you're in trouble rather than thinking you're in trouble. And a lot of times if your books show you that you're not going to get it done if you keep doing what you've been doing, they force you to make a decision you otherwise wouldn't make. Yep. And when you make that decision, the tough decision to raise your prices or let somebody go or quit doing that or whatever it is, when you make that tough decision and it works out for you, you're finally on track. But people just have a visceral need to understand what the score is.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this series. There, You mentioned five questions, really right. six questions. Um, we're going to be going into those in depth in the next episodes. Uh, but th- again, those five questions were, am I making money? We're going to be talking about that on the profit and loss episode. Right. Uh, the next question is, what do I own right. and what do I owe? Uh, we'll be referencing those on the balance sheet episode. And, and what's, left over, what's for left, me. left over for me is also going to be on the balance sheet episode. And then where did my cash go will be on the statement of cash flows. Um, that last question will kind of be touching in all of the episodes, which is, what should I do? And you need all three statements to be able to answer those questions.
0: And just in passing, we didn't say much about the statement of cash flows. Uh, When we described the profit loss, we described the balance sheet. Yeah. Statement of cash flows, as I said, I've never met a business owner, a small business owner who had even heard of it. That's probably not true, but I can't think of anybody who's ever even heard of it, let alone using it, Yeah, used it. When you have to have proper books in order to create one. But once you create one, it's... uh, in my experience been counterintuitive. In other words, people don't immediately pick up on it. There's some really short cut, easy methods that we can use. But if you know exactly where your cash is, that's the subtitle of my book. They say I make money, so why don't I have any? I hear that all the time. Yeah. I made a profit, but I don't have any <laughs> money. Where the hell is it? Well, answer that question exactly and to the penny. This is why you don't have money. Uh, And just in passing I'll give you three reasons if you make a profit but you don't have any money there are only three reasons one you haven't been paid yet in other words you made a profit because you built something but you haven't been paid the second one is you already spent the money paying down debt or buying assets or the third reason is you took it as draws and it will be those three reasons or a mixture of those three reasons and if if the reason you don't have money is because of accounts receivable, in other words you're letting people borrow from you and they're not paying you on time. Well we gotta do something about that. Right. If it's because you took draws, uh maybe you need to do something about that. Yeah. Put some of was. the money back or quit taking so much out. If it's because you paid down debt or bought a bunch of assets which might include a new truck or it might be inventory. Well don't do that. Yeah. I mean it, it, you felt that there's a classic uh Case of somebody who operates on their bank balance. So they mm-hmm. look in their bank one day and they got a lot of money. Well, it might be because the retainage came in, somebody paid some extra money. You haven't paid your credit card. You haven't paid your bank loan yet. Yeah, you haven't Vendor. paid your. But but you just look and hey, I got two hundred thousand in the bank. I've always wanted that platinum F one fifty. I'm gonna go get it. So you spend ninety thousand dollars. King Ranch. Yeah, King Ranch. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you find out, whoa, I forgot I didn't pay all these things and you're yeah. in trouble. So statement of cash flows tells you exactly where your cash went mm-hmm. and once you know that you can do something about it so a huge it's a, it's at least as important as the uh, profit and loss statement for managing your company
1: yeah absolutely well um, really excited to get into this series just so that people know we're, we're actually testing out videoing this Ethan's running things from behind A little behind the scenes snapshot right now we got three cameras um, we don't know if this is this is one's going to be on YouTube or not because this is a trial, but maybe it will be. Maybe there'll be clips from this, and I, I'm really excited for where we're going with the cash flow contractor. If you are uh, listening for the first time or you've been listening for a while, make sure that you go and follow us on social. We're doing some really cool stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn as well, uh, a little bit on Facebook too. We have a great email that we're we're running right now. It's called uh, the Countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got great resources in there uh, clips to our episodes and um, links to different news articles about what's happening in the construction industry and yeah i just want to make sure that people are out there following us this video hopefully will be on youtube if not we will be having future videos on youtube so if you want to be following us uh, on social media or on youtube and watch us live I think that's actually gonna be really helpful for some of these next episodes. Hey, you're not gonna
0: tell me if they're watching this live, are you?
1: Oh, no, I won't. Okay. No.
0: You've got a little <laughs> red light up there, that like, ding, you're on.
1: You're on air. now uh, I think as we look at some of the, we actually in the next episodes, we'll be looking at the financial statements with numbers and with math. Right. And we'll and provide so,
0: resources so that...
1: Yeah, people and, can actually yeah, you look can at them yeah, as we look go. At them and, yeah, and so I think it's gonna be helpful to have the video. So if you do wanna look at that on YouTube, that'd be great. Uh, but we appreciate your support. If you have questions about financial statements uh, that we haven't covered in this episode or in any of the future episodes, please shoot us an email. Yeah, we'd uh, love that. Info at thecashflowcontractor.com. Um, so yeah, appreciate it, Martin. Anything else you have on financial statements? No,
0: looking forward to it.
1: It's right. to hugely important. It'll it'll change your life. It will. It will. I hope that this has been helpful. Hope that it's uh, giving you hope. About your business, and that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money through these episodes. Um, one one action item people can go do is make sure they have proper books, or that they're on the path right. to getting them right. Uh, that's probably the biggest one from this episode. Yeah, well,
0: and listen to uh, getting started with a CPA. Is that Lori? How to work with a, to work to work with with a CPA, CPA? Uh, because it does take the right kind of CPA. A managerial accountant, a tax yeah. accountant's not going to necessarily do it for you. Um, but anyway, that's a great. Episode and Lori goes into some detail about how to get started. Excellent.
1: Well, Martin, appreciate it. Yes, sir. See ya. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to The Cash Flow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.